The following podcast contains spoilers for Locke and Synecdoche, New York. You have been warned. Everybody to KFR News Radio. This is your boy, Benjamin Button, here alongside Miguel. Augusto. <laughs> you, uh, you change it up every single time. I, do. I mean, I do. it's the same thing, but you change it up. I'm good. How are you? I'm swell as a bell. That's what? good. That's good. Uh, 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 did you enjoy a little week off there? Uh, man, that week was so good. Yeah, I apologize to anyone that was expecting one. Uh, an episode last week, but I was busy. I got a question for you, Glenn. Just shoot, my man. Which movie is about oil drillers trying to destroy an asteroid headed for Earth? And I'm not even going to give you multiple choice because that one is super easy. It's definitely Captain Phillips. Mm-hmm. 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 He totally, is the captain now. Totally Armageddon, though. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we took off last week. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, but uh, I had things to do, and I'm sure Glenn enjoyed time. I did so much and nothing. It was fantastic. That's always a good thing, so much and nothing. Unlike so, you, which you had a lot to do, apparently. I, I did have a lot to do. And I just didn't know where I was going to fit in the movies. Because by the time I realized I had so much to do, I didn't have it. Like, it was Friday night, and we usually record these Saturday night or Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, don't blame yeah. you. One of these you actually have to watch and pay attention. The other one you have to just straight up listen to and pay attention. I had to, yeah, I had to watch my movie twice. Oh, and I'll, I'll get into that later. But uh, have you seen any movies over the past two weeks that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, we both saw Endgame. You saw it in a completely different experience that I did. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in uh, 4DX. Uh, which is which why is not pretty crazy considering you're not. That huge of a fan of Marvel films. I figured I might as well. <laughs> it's like, it was. Oh, you know what? I don't care that much for this genre. Let's go all out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, fi- I figured that that was a good movie to see exactly what 4DX was about. Uh, but after about an hour, it got real old, as I was predicting. I was about to say, you also were in a three hour movie. So, yeah, a little, little uh, fun note about 4DX. Um, they have seat rumblers that happen at inappropriate times. Nope. Like in the trailer, uh, this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler There's no for sex Endgame. scenes in this. <laughs> I'd be curious what they, they, what they would do in sex scenes. But in the trailer, <laughs> uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man is recording a message on his helmet. In the movie, when he hits the button to start recording, you feel a little rumble in your butt, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is giving you a nice uh, hello there. He's uh, giving you a little finger, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, very inappropriate times, and uh, yeah, that's 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 sad. weird. Yeah, Any, anything else other than Endgame? Uh, no, we almost saw Endgame twice in the same day, but of course every theater in the world was sold out. Yeah, so I take it you liked it? That was actually Kira's call to see it twice in the same day. Really? I would have liked to wait until this weekend yeah. or, you know, sit on it. I know this is going to come as a shocker to everyone involved, but I was it, I was not that big of a fan of it. It was okay. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Gasp! Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I really liked it. Um, 
I posted a status on Facebook about it saying, like, if you're a fan of the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, then you will most likely love this movie. Um, yeah. I personally did. Uh, I thought there was a lot of moments where they really just brought it home, and then there's moments <coughs> where they ruined it. Yeah. I feel like uh, they could have cut a solid 45 minutes out of it, and it would have been more impactful. Um, I feel like its length was really a detriment to it, although I know everyone under the sun is going to disagree with me on that. I love long movies, but I do not think this warranted three hours. I want to say the same, maybe, but maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I could. Uh, yeah. um, they, they need to cut something. There is definitely parts that are just like, why is this even in here? Yeah. It's not it's not adding anything. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it was more for just the fans that it was that long. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I hate fan service. Like, just make yeah. a good movie. If, if if you need to put fan service in there, you don't have confidence in your product and uh, which is really the problem with like the new Star Wars ones is they're like 90% fan service. Yeah. Um, and then when they try to do something even a little bit different, everyone loses their minds. So I think I, I want to see it one more time before I make any huge judgments about it. Um, but I, I want to say that I like Infinity War more than Endgame. Oh, I, I 100% like Infinity War more than yeah. Endgame. Like, at least Infinity War, I didn't roll my eyes a thousand times in Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's also the huge thing that I feel like Infinity War as a story was better, but then there was the moments in, like, the moments in Endgame that made Endgame so good. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I have to watch it one more time. Dude. Honestly, I know they did it for money, but if they just added, like, an extra hour, hour and a half to Infinity War, I feel like it would have been better overall than splitting it up into two movies. Um, but that's just me. Again, again there's the fan service again, so it's yeah. all it's all in there. Yeah. But uh, uh, other than that, uh, we watched Game of Thrones Sunday. That was, it was a huge episode. I know you don't care so for that I either. So I hear. Uh, I was vastly disappointed in it um well and also i liked it but i was disappointed in where it went uh but anyway other than that i haven't seen any other movies i don't think other than the ones we're going to be talking about yeah surprisingly i only saw two other movies other than endgame um well it's not a surprise you were a busy boy yeah that just shows you how busy i was uh i saw high life uh the a24 robert pattinson claire denis movie um where he's got like a baby in space I mean that's that's what the trailer is he's got a baby in space and then it's yeah. all spooky and stuff and it, it was okay um I was a little disappointed by it but I, I did enjoy it for the most part um and then I saw the curse of La Llorona um such a fun name to say it is a fun name to say which is 25% of the reason why I went to see it and then I <laughs> on my Facebook I was just giving live updates to the movie because I'm sure no one really cares mm-hmm. and someone thought I was drunk and I had to remind them that I don't I don't drink <laughs> I'm just I'm just a weird dude <laughs> there's a there's actually a funny story about that uh, a, a co-worker of mine uh, who's terrible at Spanish cannot pronounce like Sp- Spanish syllables and stuff like that mm-hmm. I was like all right listen buddy if you can pronounce la llorona to me perfectly I will go see a movie with you he really wanted to go see this movie with me mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like going back to Arlington because you know the traffic sucks yeah uh, so I don't ever feel like driving out I'm like if you can perfectly pronounce this this movie I will come out of my way to see it with you 
He, but he, La, La Llorona, La, no. La Lorna. <laughs> no, it's like quesadilla or tortilla. You could get, yeah, La Llorona. And I was like, La so I was swinging my Spanish around. La Llorona. You got to roll your tongue. Roll I, it. I can't, even, I can't even roll my R's, but I can fake it enough. La Llorona. <laughs> Right, he uh, never got close, and I never saw the movie, so it was great. It yeah. worked out. But uh, yeah, that movie was terrible. Uh, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. Surprise! So with that being said, let's get into our two movies. Let's start with your film, Lock. This is Ivan Locke. We have a situation here. You're the man in charge of the entire operation, but you've decided you ain't gonna be there. I'm not gonna turn back. Hey, Dad, are you coming back? Sure, something's happened. I need you to hold it together for me. It'll be a long night. We are facing a hundred million dollars worth of losses. Listen, I will take care of it. I'm trying to do the right thing. Directed by Stephen Knight, written by... Stephen Knight stars Tom Hardy. Pretty much that's it. And then voiced along with uh, Olivia Coleman, Ruth Wilson, uh, uh, Tom Holland's in there too. There's, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of voices in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Locke Andrew is about Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott or Scott Snot. <laughs> uh, Locke is about Ivan Locke. Surprise. A dedicated family man and successful construction manager receives a phone call on the eve of the biggest challenge of his career that sets in motion a series of events that threaten his carefully cultivated existence. Yes. Ooh. All right. Well, um, first off, uh, as I was saying in the last podcast and a little bit here, the this literally the only thing that's in this movie is Tom Hardy. And uh, what is it? Mercedes Benz? I forget. Anyway, it's a car. Him in a car driving to a hospital, basically. Yeah. That's the whole movie, and him talking. It's pretty much it's gold. It's it's yeah. gold. For I was honestly worried because uh, I remember the it being relatively intense mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, and uh, knowing that you know uh, essentially the whole story the. Um, the drama of it all is that he cheated on his wife and and uh, is going to the hospital to welcome his uh, unplanned son or daughter. I don't remember if it's a boy or girl or if they even mention. Um, I think they did. The, I, can't, I think it's a boy. I can't remember yeah, wholeheartedly. But I, I was really worried that it wasn't going to be as suspenseful going in knowing that. But then one thing I forgot is that they kind of tell you that like 15 minutes in. Yeah. Um, and that the the uh, the drama really just comes from, you know, you kind of wanting him to, for lack of a better word or phrase, get his way. Yeah. And they they do a really good job at like showing you that like he's a flawed man, but he's still a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, he he doesn't he loves his family, he loves his wife and and sons, um, but he just made this one mistake a few months ago. And just uh, they said that the kids the baby's early, so uh, it's not nine months, but it's something along those lines, roughly along. Yeah, um, and. 
they just do a fantastic job at you know staying in the car but keeping it interesting it really reminded me of like a play in a way mm-hmm. um where you know the scenery doesn't change and and what he's doing doesn't change but the conversation just keeps keeps the uh the interest interest of the audience and i have never cared more about the uh, transportation of concrete in my entire life, for real, because <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, a construction manager, and in between his family drama, he's trying to make sure that uh, this big job of a, a concrete pour doesn't get fucked up in in the morning. And they they make you care about that somehow. I don't know how they do it, but they make you care about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. <sighs> this movie was there's a lot. You got to listen to a lot because there's a lot of conversation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three di- or four different t- technical different conversations going on. Um, the first conversation he has, I believe, is with uh, who? Who was it with? Was it the first call he makes is to his boss, but he doesn't get his boss. He gets his boss's wife. Yeah. Um, and then I think he calls his son after that. It was, it was either his house to call the wife about it, about uh, the cheating. But then she wasn't in, so he had to call. I think one of his co or like one of his uh, one of his employees to tell him that he's not coming and that it's on him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's there's basically four major conversations that happen, uh, and. There's the there's the wife. There's his employee that he's letting know that he's not coming in the next day. So it's all gonna be him like running the show mm-hmm. uh, because Ivan Locke is the one who runs the show because he's the construction manager. Uh, and the big thing is that he has to get all of this concrete, all the setup going for the construction of the biggest building. And I I can't remember the location, but it's gonna be the biggest building in that area. And he want he wanted to be the one to do it, even if he wasn't going to be there. So he had to call a bunch of people, uh, his employee, his boss, and such like that, to get this thing rolling. All mm-hmm. while holding up the drama of telling his wife he fucked up, and calling the person that he fucked up, <laughs> and telling her he's on his way. He's mm-hmm. going to be there for the child. Yeah. It's it's it, the whole thing really just it's escalating and escalating. It's escalating, and it just keeps going. Yeah, and it it really, uh, you're while there's four different conversations going on, it does it in such a way that you are with every conversation the entire way. You're not confused ever. You're not like trying to figure out which conversations what. Um, I mean, they're all completely different, but you you kind of you understand what's going on the entire time. The Mm -hmm. the dialogue that is played out really does a fantastic job at taking you from not knowing anything to knowing exactly what he knows. And I get the, the, it's just masterfully written uh, by Stephen Knight. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the best examples of dialogue that I have seen in a very long time. Uh, Tom Hardy's fantastic as usual. Mm. He, my man, he he keeps you captivated uh, just while sitting and driving. Um, literally nothing else happens. There's literally <laughs> nothing that else. Yeah. The whole runtime of the movie is the runtime of him literally driving. He is driving from the construction site straight to the hospital where 
the child's being born and it's mm-hmm. like an hour and a half drive, which the movie's mm-hmm. an hour and a half basically. Yeah. And they, I, I don't know how you felt about this, but uh, specifically when he's talking to his family, um, I felt like just from hearing how they're talking about where uh, his sons are in in reference to where the mom is, like mom's in, upstairs in the bathroom mm-hmm. or what have you. I felt like without even seeing it, I knew the layout of their house. Yeah. Uh, and it's really hard to explain how it's done, but it's just the way they talk about it. You just feel like you've been in their house, even though you haven't. Um, it, it In a way, it... it makes you well, that's the thing he's setting the the thing about this is he's setting up his whole life for you perfectly yeah, exactly th- throughout each scenario so mm-hmm. it's it's like even with the construction site he's laying he's like you got to do this you got to do this at this point and this at this place and he's yeah he's laying it all out for you and it's it's so well done it's yeah insane. and with his house his wife mentions that he um you know he always drags concrete into the kitchen so you know that where they park their car is in the back of their house or the side of their house because mm-hmm. he goes right into the kitchen uh instead of you know leaving his boots in the entryway or whatever um and, and it's just just with language alone you just know exactly what his life is and it's incredible um all of the actors did a fantastic job uh, i remember the first time i watched this i watched a behind the scenes feature and they did as much of they as they could in real time. Like they had Tom Hardy driving around, um, and uh, using radios and cell phones. And then they would actually place the calls uh, from the rest of the cast who were like in a conference room in the hotels, and they would, uh, you know, perform the conversations while Tom Hardy was performing his side of it. Uh, so even though everything other than Tom Hardy is essentially voiceover. They did it live, more or less. They did it within the take. They they um, did it like you would a normal movie, um, just miles apart. And it really shows because everybody's emotions throughout these phone calls is like on point. Yeah, it matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's just an incredible movie, really. Like, like, you think that it's going to be boring. I, even I did when I was watching. I was like, oh, like uh, I saw the trailer, was pretty interested. Then I read that he doesn't leave the car the entire time. I was like, oh, I mean, that's interesting. But I'm yeah. quite curious how they're going to keep it, you know, entertaining. And they do it. They, they do. They do a great job. And then they even throw a little backstory in there when he's not on the phone about how his father was really, uh, you know, POS. Yeah. And, uh basically was a terrible father and that he was trying not to be a terrible father that he was going to be there for his children no matter what even if it's a it's a little bastard um yeah man this movie's so good like i wonder how it feels like not like watching it and just listening strictly to it like a podcast or something it probably would work still um i mean a lot of it is in tom hardy's emotions on his face so you would probably lose that a little bit, but it'd probably still work as like a radio play or a podcast play. Uh, I think the only points where it would lose you is where he's talking to himself about his father. Yeah, yeah, because you know he looks in the in the rearview mirror every time he's talking to his dad, who's who's dead. But I love that they did that because it really answered the question like well why is he even doing this you know yeah. it showed the kind of man he is like why he's risking everything for this woman he doesn't even care about won't even say i love you to her just to be nice and comfort her 
he's just like why every time she asks him if uh he loves her he's like why would i love you we barely know each other yeah and it's it's kind of harsh but i mean that's better than like leading her on and yeah it's i mean it's the truth yeah and it's it's just so good the truth hurts man again because it's more or less just him driving it's hard to talk about yeah I mean, I mean, as far as it goes, we could really cover all the bases there. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie's wonderful. I, I, last week I did want to either pick this or uh, Buried with Ryan Reynolds, and I, I, it's been a long time since I watched Buried. Yeah. And I want to see how they both hold up next to each other. Not that they're anything related other than being like set in one place. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if they hold up next to each other at all. In a way, Buried is slightly more impressive just because he's literally in a box and all you see is the dirt around him and what he sees. Um, So to keep it interesting, they really had to try more. Like at least with this, they had the reflections of of lights to work with and kind of had uh, the the vehicle moving to play around with. Um, Yeah. But they're they're both fantastic movies. Uh, I highly suggest anyone who hasn't seen this checks it out. Well, I will. Uh, maybe one day I'll pick Buried. Who knows? We're not down that road yet. Yeah. And definitely this week is not going to be Buried at all. No. <laughs> Completely different category. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's all I've got to talk about. about yeah, Locke. same here. Uh, it's a fantastic movie, but you mm-hmm. can't really talk about it much because it's just a guy driving in a car a talking. Guy driving a car. Make one mistake, the whole world comes crashing down around you. When will you get here? I have to fix it. Ivan, you're fired. Please, please, please. Where are you? I was 23 years old. Run now, go! Don't threaten me! They say there's a twist. It's all gone to hell. I will do what needs to be done. You lost your mind! Stick to the plan. Are you still there, Ivan? Ivan? Let's move on to Synecdoche, New York. I have a lot of problems. Going through some things. I'm hurt. Am I dying? Can you tell me that? I can't tell you. You can't tell me? No. No, you can't tell me if you can't tell me. No. I'm lonely. Yes. And? I'm afraid I'm going to die. Anything else? I don't know what's wrong with me. And I want to do something important while I'm still here. That would be the time to do it, yes. Death comes faster than you think. The idea is to do a massive theater piece. What was this used for? Plays. Like theater plays? Have I disappointed you somehow? Everyone is disappointing. The more you know someone. I don't know what I'm doing. Knowing that you don't know is the most essential step to knowing, you know? I want you to beg me on your knees for a kiss. (laughs) We need to investigate the essence of each being. You're weirdly close to what I've visualized for this character. Glad to be weirdly close. You smell weird. What do I smell like? It's like you're menstruating. I don't know. I don't don't menstruate, so I don't know. I can smell like I'm menstruating. Synecdoche or synecdoche? Synec- I, can't, I can't stand that word. Synecdoche. I can't. 
<laughs> the real town is Synecdoche or uh, Schenectady. Oh, Jesus Christ. See? Uh, See? Well, now I'm second guessing myself. Uh, it takes place in a real town. Synecdoche. But Synecdoche is a word that means essentially uh, when you're talking about one thing, a part of a thing, you're talking about the whole of a thing. And when you're talking about the whole of a thing, you're talk- talking about a part of a thing. Uh, Which makes sense for this movie. It does. Think. It does. Um, I'm trying to find... It's Schenectady is the, the real name. Um, Schenectady is the is the yeah. name of the town? Schenectady. 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 New York. All right. So Schenectady, New York, uh, written uh, and directed by Charlie Kaufman, tells the story of a theater director uh, who struggles with his work and the women in his life as he creates a life-size replica of New York City inside a warehouse as part of his new play. Uh, it stars Philip Seymour Hoffman, Catherine Keener, uh, Tom Newman, uh, Noonan, sorry, uh, Michelle Williams, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. I'm trying to find someone specific. Sam- Samantha Morton. Um, there's just a whole bunch of people in this um, because essentially everyone has multiple people playing them. There's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> there is a, a, a fuck ton of people in this and movie. The huge difference between that and Locke. Oh, yeah. So I, I, re- I originally saw this uh, shortly after it came out, probably 2009, 2010. Uh, and I remember liking it, but I also did not remember a single thing that happened in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's one of the main reasons I wanted to pick this movie. And, uh, you know, I should have known knowing Charlie Kaufman, um, but it was super surreal and all over the place in a good way, in my opinion, because um, the entire thing is, is essentially about time and how fast it moves and you know, life and death and essentially what... There's a lot of themes in this movie. Yeah, it's essentially what Philip Seymour Hoffman's play is about, which is everything. And when you're talking about everything, as the word synecdoche means, it means you're talking about something in particular. Um, So, yeah, I I had to watch this twice because the first time I watched it, I was kind of like... I was a little tired. It was kind of my fault for watching it when I was tired, but I was like, huh? What? (laughs) So then I watched it again uh, on Wednesday uh, a second time. And honestly, I was just kind of blown away at all the the small details in it. Um, First of all, I want to talk about how the radio that he wakes up to. uh, The the very first thing you see in this movie is Philip Seymour Hoffman laying in bed on the first day of a fall, which is also my birthday, September 22nd. So that immediately got my attention because I'm conceited. Uh, But you really kind (laughs) of, you get that the whole thing's kind of based on time because while the the radio says that it's September 22nd, uh, like maybe five minutes later, he's checking milk and it says October 10th and he says this is expired. So it's like little things like that that show you that time isn't as straightforward as you think it is and in a way it's it's um it just kind of shows you how rapid everything goes and how everything kind of blurs together throughout life and i thought that was great um um i don't mean i don't mean to be quiet during all this Uh, you've got a lot more to say than i do mainly uh i'll get this in now before like later uh so i did watch these movies back to back 
And uh, although I was super interested in Locke and everything like that, nice, mm-hmm. nice to watch it a second time. Jumping into this one immediately after was a completely different jump for me. And I was, <laughs> I'll admit, I wasn't 100% paying attention to it. <laughs> Although I was enjoying it, I will say that. Yeah, so, I mean it's 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 hard it's a hard movie to pay attention to. Yeah, and also um, when it, <laughs> peanut, yeah, little peanut. And also when it comes to Charlie Kaufman movies, I know you enjoy them a lot more than I do. Yeah, not not saying that I don't. I just uh, that you pay attention way more than I do about his movies. Yeah, you you have to go into a Charlie Kaufman movie pretty much on speed and paying attention to every little detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that so, I do speed before so I watch them, but. I will absolutely let you take the reins. I should. I will say. I definitely. I do want to watch it again to pay attention to all the details. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it more the second time. Yeah. Um. Especially you know, like really, the one thing I really got out of it the second time, uh, which kind of sums up the entire movie, is the radio he uh, call the caller on the radio that he's listening to when he wakes up sums up the entire movie essentially it says uh she says something along the lines of if life were one year fall would be the beginning of the end um and it starts on the first day of fall and you know throughout the entire movie it seems like he's quickly dying but really throughout his life he's slowly dying and it's just going through his life. And in a way, it's kind of funny because um, he's kind of paranoid and thinking he's dying. And they exaggerate, like, what's happening to him. Like, uh, Yeah. They do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's this one time. It doesn't help in the first, like, 15 minutes. He's going to six different doctors for everything else in his oh, body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's really just kind of. It's it shows you like Charlie Kaufman's brand of humor, which is like really like just dark and and fucked up kind of humor, and and it's uh, it's just so funny. Like he's <laughs> there's uh, this one scene where he's uh, he gets off the phone and he immediately starts having like a seizure, but it's yeah. not a real seizure. It's just kind of a funny seizure. He just starts like convulsing, what? But it really just looks like he's angry for a second and then you realize he's having a seizure yeah and then he calls 911 what does he yell does he say he I'm just dying? Goes, he's like, i'm sick i'm sick yeah even though i knew what was happening I, the, i'm i'm a i'm a terrible person yeah then then uh the person on the other end it just keeps calling him ma'am it's like ma'am <laughs> ma'am <laughs> <laughs> it's just like little things like that. It's just so funny. It's a very dry humor, but also over the top in a way. Like it doesn't play as a joke, so it's it's dry, but it's just yeah, so otherworldly that it's funny. Um, and, <laughs> and another great thing that they do is uh, the character played by Samantha Morton, um, who's named Hazel. She's going to buy a house, and the house is on fire. And they're just ignoring the fact that the house is on fire. <laughs> and Except she's like, until oh. like the very end. She's like, also, I don't want to burn alive in this house. <laughs> yeah. But then she buys the house anyway. Yeah. And just like 20 years later, the house is still on fire yeah. and it's just never brought up. It's just just little shit like that. It's just so fucking funny, um, in my opinion. And it's just oh, it's, it's so so great. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie, too. Yeah, I think the, probably the creepiest, not creepiest, the only, one of the only bad things I have to say is um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is kind of creepy at times. Um, at times? Throughout the entire thing, essentially. There you go. Uh, which is kind of just Charlie Kaufman's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think he means well, but he has a lot of uh, self-conscious issues, which make him come off as creepy. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just it, it, it was a little off putting at times where you're just like, oh, that's weird. Like that kind of. Yeah, like, like okay. that's weird. <laughs> you, you, you can move along, sir. You can move stop. along, sir. Uh, yeah. And it's just the one thing I didn't notice until the second time, too, is the uh, he builds um, New York City in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then within that warehouse is another warehouse where another New York City is built. And then within <laughs> that one, there's another warehouse where another New York City is built. Yeah, and that's, just, that's the thing about this movie. It just keeps on giving like and giving and give. It's like an infinite yeah, loop. Yeah. And it's so funny. And you realize at one time that there's just like an infinite, an infinite amount of actors playing everyone at all times. Um and it, it really kind of adds to the whole, like, you can't tell if it's real or if it's a dream, and it never really answers your question, but in a way, I kind of like that. It makes it more open-ended, and you can kind of figure it out for yourself and talk about it. Um, and so, about, did he, he got a grant, right? Like, it was a grant for something? Philip Seymour Hoffman's character? Yeah. Yeah, he got a um, the MacArthur grant, which is known as the Genius Grant. Uh-huh. Um, or at least, I don't know if that's if it's called the MacArthur Grant in real life, but there is like a grant out there that is essentially called a Genius Grant. They just give it to people who they consider geniuses. Yeah, but how much um, money do they give from that? Because <laughs> it, se- it seemed endless. Like I, Yeah, they, they did not give him enough money to do what he was doing, but... <laughs> At least in real life, that would be the case. But I think that that's just kind of like, I don't know. I think that's kind of the joke of it all, where it's just like he's. I mean, at a certain point, I'm like, maybe these people are just doing this because they are like they've got the passion for this project. And then I'm like, yeah, but that grant had to run out eventually, and it just kept going. (laughs) And then he built another play inside of the play, and it just kept going. I'm like, what is happening? To, To me, that's just kind of the joke. Yeah, um, no, I mean, just, I got it. Like, but I was yeah, like, yeah. when is this going to end? <laughs> yeah. And it just keeps going and going. And eventually, like, to, uh, the country becomes like a dystopian future and, <laughs> and like, riots are happening. And, and he's just kind of ignoring everything. He's very self-centered, um, which I believe was a, uh, you know, sh- on purpose that he's only really focused on himself while... Yeah. Like there's riots happening and and the world's falling apart and he's just focusing on himself dying, um, which is really kind of truthful for life in general. You know, yeah. people just kind of focus on themselves no matter what's going on around them. And it, yeah, it was just so. I'm I'm really glad that I watched it twice because I definitely like I enjoyed it the first time, but I also don't know if i quite understood it i still don't really understand it if it's I'm really honest. hard I mean, like like i kind of i understood it yeah but like of, of course like again i'll i'll say this like charlie kaufman movies like i don't like jump for them yeah. uh and this one this one was such a Car- charlie kaufman movie it was so out there yeah i mean this was his first uh the first and film he directed i and liked wrote, it so i liked it I, I feel like i'm saying that i'm not liking it i did really enjoy it but it was it was it's tough. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough to talk about. It's tough that's, to talk about. Yeah, and wow, man, that sucks because we're we're podcasts. We're doing a podcast to talk about these movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you either know Charlie Kaufman or you don't. It's it's really what it comes down to. I mean, I it think also, his. It, 
I mean, I'm not blaming you for this. It also would have helped if I did it fresh off like I was doing last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, that is my fault. I, I take full responsibility for yeah. that. But uh, Well, I should have also wrote notes down. I stopped taking notes. Yeah. That would have helped a lot. Yeah, I wrote notes for this, but not for Locke. Um, but, I mean, Charlie Kaufman's movies are all weird. Um, just to kind of name a few that he's written, uh, he did uh, Being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, Adaptation, uh, Anomalisa. He's, he's just a very surreal... He's got a very surreal style. And um, I think probably Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is his most digestible of them. Mm-hmm. But they're all weird. No. Like even even yeah. that's weird. Anomalies is seen. It was a pretty tame one. Yeah, Anomalies is pretty tame. The, except, the, except for the one scene that happens in it, but that's <laughs> how that happened in Team America a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, and that that was more of a style choice. Like I feel like it wouldn't have been as weird if it were th- were with people. Yeah, um, it was just the fact that it was puppets that made it weird. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that that one was tame. Other than the fact that other than the two main characters, everyone was played by the same person. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's it's. I can't say much more about Synecdoche, New York. It's just a very crazy movie, but it's real it's, crazy. If you if you have the attention span to actually pay attention to it, it's it's a great movie. Um, and I feel like that's that's a warning, not a, not not a warning, but like advice is. Make sure you're paying attention when you're watching this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't go in like, and just be like, oh, I'm going to put this on and kind of yeah, just dick around. Don't, don't be like me where I'm like, okay, I'll put this on and then uh, I can knock these movies out and then we'll do the podcast. Yeah. I, I was not paying full attention to it and I should have been. It's all good. It worse have happened. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did we get that one? The, the movie that had so much shit happening inside of it. We talked about that less than we did Locke. How? Because <laughs> it's hard to describe. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things that you have to see it to know how hard it is to talk about it. I actually, I guess um, I'll, I'll try to say, I'll try to conjure up some stuff. Uh, everybody was fantastic in this, as weird yeah. as the movie was. Like, yeah. everybody's performance was fantastic. Um, <laughs> Tom, Tom Noonan had me laughing. Oh, Tom Noonan's who, great. Who's I, playing Philip Seymour Hoffman's yeah. character. I don't know if you noticed, but in the first scene, in the first sequence, rather, uh, um, when when you think it's the same day, but it's really over the span of weeks, when he goes out to check his mail, Thomas yeah, Newton is across the street. Out there. Yeah, and I didn't, that's another thing I didn't, like, I, know, I knew that someone was watching him mm-hmm. while he was getting his mail, but I didn't really get that it was Thomas Noonan until the second time I watched it, um, and... and then when he comes back and says, uh, I've never acted before, but I've been following you your, uh, for several years now, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense now. <laughs> and it's just like, this, this whole movie has like little details like that, but yeah, he was hilarious. You're, you're, you're right. Um, so yeah, like Tom Noonan, he was, he was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. even, even after like his introduction, he just kept being funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Catherine Keener, her character was a dick, but understandable. A dick. Yeah. She didn't. Um, she didn't start off that way, but like no. she turned quickly. But that's also because the movie because takes the, over. Place. Yeah, because of the span of how yeah. fast it was going. Yeah. Um, and especially since he was so kind of like into his own projects and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's understandable. But I love that Jennifer Jason Lee and his daughter had German accents after they moved to Germany. <laughs> yeah. It took me a hard minute to figure out that it was Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there like, where do I know her from? Yeah. Where, oh my <laughs> God, where do I know her from? 
It's not like she's a hard person to figure out. I just could not remember who she was in my yeah. life or for my life. But yeah, I mean, the performances were fantastic. They mm-hmm. So the movie itself is so over the top. I mean, that's, that's really the joke of it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the best part of it, it not in a bad way either. Uh, cinematography was good. It was real good. Yeah. It, it, um, I, I completely agree. They, it's just a really good collaboration overall mm-hmm. um, with, uh, like you said, the cinematography. It was uh, done by Frederick Elms, who is known for... Uh, Patterson, which is a, a movie you and I saw together. I really enjoyed that uh, one too. I, I did as well. Uh, he did Brothers, uh, Bride Wars, Broken Flowers. He's done like a lot of small independent movies, uh, yeah. but they're always they always have solid cinematography in them. Um, but yeah, it's just it's everyone's like on their A game in this movie, and it's just it's so surreal, so very surreal. <laughs> Holy hell! Did you see the budget for this movie? Oh my god! Do I want to? Twenty one million. Jesus 20, Christ! Look at look at its gross USA wise though. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> that, so budget they made twenty or had twenty one million for this movie to just crank it out. Mm-hmm. Back they got three million dollars. Yeah. And that's that's just the uh, USA. So I don't even know what else is, how much more they got. It's probably never mind. I was gonna say it's probably broken even at this point, but it probably hasn't. Um, which is would also explain why it took so long for the people to trust Charlie Kaufman to do his a second movie. Yeah. Um, you know he he had a uh, what a jump twenty one to three million. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. Uh, Locke's budget was two million. Mm-hmm. It got back in USA one point three, but it's probably because they advertised it. And we're like, here's Tom Hardy. Yeah, and then it, it was like, released at a good time. <laughs> I've been following you for twenty years, and I've learned everything about you. So hire me, and you'll see who you truly are. I'm just a little person, one person in a sea of many. I'm not a homosexual. Because afterward, it's just I don't know why I make it so complicated. That's what you do. I hope you through any way I can. There are millions of people in the world. And none of those people is an extra. They're all leads of their own stories. And we'll go out and play. Caden. What? When are we going to get an audience in here? It's been 17 years. Say thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome, young lady. So, we have reached the judgment as you know, it takes two votes to be a shelf boy for each film. So, Glenn, let's talk about Locke first. Mm, that good old Locke. You know, if this movie, if it had one more person in it, just like, like just a quick boom transition to like another person, I would want that person to be a shelf boy. <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure what that means. I want him to be the passenger in this movie. <laughs> We got to come up with like a, like a, 
like a sculpture or something for a shelf boy. I wonder what he's going to look like. Just like an Oscar or something. But <laughs> Well, we're going to have the uh, the first so annual maybe, Shelf Boys next year around the maybe, Oscars. Maybe so. like a human body with two heads or something like that <laughs> instead of like the Oscar has one. It's just the our faces. Boys. So I, I, I'm not quite sure if I am gathering if you're saying Locke should be a Shelf Boy or Locke's not. Locke's a Shelf Boy. Okay. Because <laughs> you said that the guy that would be a passenger would be a Shelf Boy, but that didn't quite answer if Locke would be a Shelf Boy. The Shelf uh, Boy needs to have a cameo in Locke to <laughs> further produce the fact that it is a Shelf Boy, Mike. Okay. <laughs> you, you took a while to get there, but I get it now. Uh I think this movie is a fantastic showcase in what you can do with little going on. Um, so for that alone, it definitely deserves to be a shelf boy. It's it's uh, well-deserving. So Locke is a shelf boy. Let's move on to Synecdoche, New York. Uh, I love this movie. It's very strange and out there, and I will completely admit it's not for everyone, but... I feel like it's enough of a spectacle where people should see it at least once. So for that, I will say, yes, it deserves to be a shelf boy. I will also say it's a shelf boy. Ooh, there we go. We got two shelf boys. That's three consecutive episodes where we have two shelf boys. <laughs> um, so I, I, I will say the same thing. I feel like it is a spectacle enough for people should or People should see it at least once. They yeah. should goddamn pay attention, too, like yeah. I did not. Um, even though I did not pay attention, I paid atten- enough attention to really enjoy the movie for what it was, mm-hmm. uh, a Charlie Kaufman movie. Um, <laughs> man, that's fucked up. I didn't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, th- I think it was... I think it was... So good. So good.com. So... Locke and Synecdoche, New York, both are shelf boys. That brings us to our next two movies for next week. Clenjamin Button. Hmm. What is your film? All right, so there's there's been a couple times during the last couple podcasts where I've done I've done multiple choice to try to kind of lean you into picking a romance. So I'm finally just gonna do it. <laughs> uh, one thing you should know about me is I will probably never pick a romance over any other movie. And each time, the category for each other category, the movies were completely different. Mm-hmm. But the romance category always stayed the same. So, like, if the one time you did pick it, it was going to be the same movie the last four times that I've tried to get you to do it. <laughs> um, regardless, um, I honestly don't care to see this movie either, if it helps. But it is I mean, That getting, makes me more worried. It is getting a lot of praise from the ladies, especially mine, who has seen it, I believe, three or four times and really, really wants us to watch it and review it. Ugh. So She's just going to be disappointed. That's, that's I, I know. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to say is you watch this with your wife and I will watch this with my girlfriend. And let's try to enjoy the time together. Okay. If if I could, I'd watch it with you. We'd have popcorn. I'd, I'd hold your hand. I'd We'd cry cut a little bit. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so here's the deal. To all the boys I've loved before. Ugh. On Netflix. <laughs> specifically on Netflix. Directed by Susan Johnson. Uh, written by Sofia Alvarez. Uh, and based on the novel by Jenny Han. Stars uh, Lana Condor, uh, Noah uh, Centineo, and Janelle Parrish. 
Uh, to all the boys I've loved before is about a teenage girl's secret love letters are exposed and wreak havoc on her love life. Mm-hmm. No, it's getting a lot of praise from the ladies, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. More than anything, I'm just disappointed that next week's episode title is going to have such a long fucking name. Yeah. And you'll know why in just a second. My movie is also on Netflix. It tells the story of a courtroom frenzy ensues and sweeps 1970s America when young single mother reluctantly tips the attention of a widespread manhunt toward her longtime boyfriend, Ted Bundy. Oh. It is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Is this the is this the one I think it is? With Zach Efron. There it is. Yep. Lily Collins. I, I'm glad you picked that. I really did want to see this. Yeah. Uh, James Hetfield from Metallica for some reason. Whoa, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he plays a an officer in it. And it's uh directed by uh Joe Berlinger, written by Elizabeth Kendall, or based on the book by Elizabeth Kendall and written by Michael Worley. Um, so yeah, next week's episode is going to be episode 22 to all the boys I've loved before and extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. That is a long ass title. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can just, you can just label mine, uh, tet, 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 bilb, tet, bilb, tet, and I'll do eusev. Perfect. There you go. Tet, bilb, and ilsev. (laughs) Ilsev. So next week's movies are To All the Boys I've Loved Before and Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Both are available on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Uh, And uh, you can always follow us on Instagram. We are at Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review. Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week. Hopefully I'm not crazy busy and have to postpone again. All right, well, uh, let's go out for drinks. That's the end of episode 21. 21. This, this episode's legal. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mike, you, yeah, can, you can have like a Yahoo or something. Oh, I'll, I'll get a Coke here. Or you do. You know, Yahoo. designated drivers drink for free. You, so. can, you can have a web browser. <laughs> All right. See you. Bye.